Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, May 25th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Catbackers Tour rolled into KCK on Tuesday evening, and Kansas State coaches and athletes spoke to fans in a pep rally-like environment. New basketball coach Jerome Tang, assistant head football coach Van Malone, and women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty were the headliners. These functions also serve as media opportunities, and on today's show, you'll hear from Tang and Howard and offensive lineman Taylor Portier. We'll start things off by chatting with beat writer Kellis Robinette, who made the trip from Manhattan to the event that was held at Children's Mercy Park. And by the way, kudos to the organizers of this Catbackers tour stop. It originally was to be held outdoors at a nearby location, but rain forced the almost game-time decision to move it to the home of Sporting KC. The move didn't seem to hold down attendance. A good crowd was on hand to hear the coaches, to get autographs, and just have a good time. So let's get started talking Kansas State with Kellis Robinette. All right, so Kellis, how many of these have you done? Uh, this is probably coming up on a, on a dozen, a dozen or so, maybe even more now. The, the format doesn't change, right? It's, it's kind of the same thing every time. Uh, uh, Wyatt Thompson does the emceeing and coaches, uh, he interviews the coaches. And today we heard from, uh, see if I get this right, women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty, associate football co- head football coach Van Malone, and of course the headliner, Jerome Tang, the new men's basketball coach. I thought he was the, he was, as he's been, since he's been hired, right, uh, just a charismatic speaker. Well, that's definitely, I think, what he's done best since he's gotten to Kansas State is uh, talk a big game and energize Kansas State fans. Um, I'm impressed in that he only, as of now, has seven scholarship players on the roster. Looks pretty unlikely that he's going to be able to get to a full 13. He even said tonight he's going to maybe only have 10 or 11. And that doesn't seem to bother people. They're still roaring in approval. I think somebody paid um, well over $500 for his picture in an auction here today. Um, I think people understand, you know what, year one, uh, if they're not in the Final Four, that's okay. They like his uh, big, big in-game philosophy. Yeah, so fans, you know, they realize just because he's not in the Final Four in year one, which I'm going to go out and boldly proclaim, not in the cards for Kansas State. Whoa, year whoa, one. whoa. Are you going to go out on that limb? <laughs> I know. Um, hasn't happened in 50 years to begin with, but I don't think it's going to end next season. Um, but I, I think you can see his long-term goal. He's, um, in a brief amount of time, made some inroads with some big-time recruits, players that Kansas State had really struggled to get on campus in the past and even, you know, be in the conversation with. Hasn't landed any yet, but at the same time, it's a nice step and it's a good step in the right direction. And um, yeah, I he, mean, they, he, he you, talks about getting athletes, and uh, he mentioned it to us in a little group setting, and he's kind of repeated it up on, on stage here. Um, and, and in doing so, it just kind of happened to, to say that when Baylor played Kansas State, they didn't have the athletes. And I guess, look, it's probably true, or maybe not athletes, but they didn't have good enough basketball players. And look, it's, it's all come, it's all on the record. You've got the record to show that. But I don't think I've ever heard a coach just come out and say they just didn't have good enough players. But he did praise Bruce Weber. I was, it, it, that was interesting to hear. Yeah, he has not been shy about um, telling it like it is, if you will. Um, he had told me previously in an interview that when he came, came to Kansas State, 
he was really only interested in three of their players coming back. And we know two of them are Marquis Noel and Ishmael Massoud. They stuck around. I'm going to guess the other was Nigel Pack, but Kansas State didn't have a million dollars laying around to, um, <laughs> to, to outbid yeah, Miami. Yeah, to outbid Miami to keep him away from South Beach. Um, but yeah, tonight he took it even a step further, basically, and said the reason that we beat Kansas State like a drum the last three years every time we played was because as good of a coach and as good of a man as Bruce ever was, they just didn't have very good players. And he vowed to change it. So, I mean, hey, I, I commend him on the confidence. He's, uh, you know, he's not one of these coaches who's coming in saying, give me time. Um, we're going to rebuild and all that. Even if that's what they're doing, he's going to come out and talk boldly. And he's talking the talk. I guess we'll have to wait and see if he can also walk the walk. Boy, those seven players on the roster at this point, that is... Um, it's scary to think about. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you can't practice. <laughs> Talking about getting a couple of managers uh, suited up for, for practice. That's um, And, and uh, transfer portal is closed, uh, you know, at least officially. I, I don't know what, uh, what can be done in terms of adding, you know, what, what is he looking at here? Um, uh, who, who would be out there available to him? What, what is going on right now in K-State Hoop recruiting? Well, um, the main thing they're looking at right now is they are involved with a handful of players who are currently testing the NBA draft waters but are expected to withdraw. And they're those players who have also entered the transfer portal before they did this. So their options are wide open. So if the right combination of players that they have connections with say, you know what, I'm not ready for the draft yet, I'm not ready for the NBA, I'm going to come back to school, I think they're going to have a chance with some of these guys. There's an Alabama transfer they had on campus who's been recruited by quite a few other people. Um, I don't think the kid from Missouri State is going to come here, Isaiah Mosley, but they've connected with him. He's a great example. He's in the NBA draft right now, could come out. There's just a few guys like that. Um, I'm struggling to remember the names off the top of my head, but there's even been a, a kid from North Carolina who transferred who they might be able to get involved with. And, but mainly, that, that's what they're mainly hoping for right now is a, a few of these guys who you've seen, like like McCuller, Kevin McCuller leaves Texas Tech, goes to Kansas. Some of these guys who m- maybe didn't necessarily have a backup plan for the NBA, they start looking for one, Kansas State can come in. And you know what they can promise? Promise a starting role. Yeah. You can promise yeah. a lot of playing time. And Jerome Tangan told me previously that what he wants out of these last couple spots or he wants nothing but older guys who can come in and play 30 minutes and average double figures. That's the only thing he wants. And he, he, even if he can only get three of them and they play with 10 dudes next year, that's pretty much what they're going to try and do. So the bar is set pretty high. You know, I don't think they can get six, which is what they'd want. Maybe they can get two or three. That's what they're hoping for. They also have a few lines in the water. They did, they did have an international high school kid come on campus. Depending on how things shake out, they could take him. Um, but that's pretty much where they're at right now. Other, otherwise, they're going to have to rely on the people that they've already brought in. Who, um, you know, they got some promising players. It's, yeah. it's not barren. I, I like Cam Cam Carter from Mississippi State. Um, the guy for the Colbert, the Jarrell Col- Colbert. I hope I'm saying that right. Transfer from LSU. Um, he was described to me as one of the coaches as a guy who could both run the floor good, catch lob passes, and dunk, which are three things Kansas State big men have not done well um, the last few years. So that alone makes him intriguing. Um, and, I mean, again, these guys didn't light it up in their old schools, so I wouldn't expect 15 points a game out of them. But there's something there. If they can add if they can add a, a, maybe even just two more tra- impact transfers, I think they'd be in a position where they could at least be competitive in the big 12. I think it says something about the, um, the the 
personality of Jerome Tang and his background, really interesting background, of course, this is his first head coaching job, that, that we're at a Catbackers event and he was the headliner and not, uh, and not, and not a football coach. And, uh, of course, like I said, Van Malone was here, the associate uh, head football coach, and he was very interesting. And, and Kansas State probably has greater prospects in football this season than they do in men's basketball. Uh, much better prospects. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's switch gears and talk about that just for a little bit. Um, new quarterback, obviously, Skylar Thompson gone. Adrian Martinez in. I think that there is potential there to have a um, a, a dynamic player at quarterback. He's he's got to cut out the the mental mistakes that hurt him at Nebraska, especially at the end of games. But he had he had Nebraska in games against top-notch opponents that the Cornhuskers just couldn't put away in the end. Um, I think in the Kansas State environment, he has the opportunity to, to thrive. And, well, the proof is in the pudding. We'll, we'll see. But if that's true, I, I really like Kansas State's upside in football this year. The, the, the betting over-unders are out. They've got Kansas State at six or six and a half. I would feel kind of bullish on Kansas State with those numbers. Um, well, uh, betting is about to be legal here in Kansas. Yes, and it is. I it, hope for, as we discussed uh, just last week. I, I hope for the loyal listeners of uh, this podcast that you can play, start placing some bets before the season starts. Because I, I really like the over on Kansas State. Six and a half is pretty, pretty darn low for a team that has the talent they have coming back. I think this is going to be at least on offense, their most talented group. Um, and, you know, I guess there is a little bit of doubt in Adrian Martinez. Maybe that's why the win total is so low. But he's got a veteran line coming back to run behind. He didn't necessarily have that at Nebraska. They were never The Cornhuskers were never known as this group that had a, a, an amazing front five. He's got Deuce Vaughn behind him to give the ball to. He didn't have a running back like that at Nebraska. And he, this team actually has some nice receivers returning in the league. Knowles, Phillip Brooks, Kate Warner, who's, who he's actually thrown to at Nebraska. And I've been very uh, interested to hear the players we've talked to on this catbacker tour who are on offense, both Phillip Brooks and Taylor Portier, who we talked to tonight, both said that he was way better passing than they saw in film. They were expecting him more to come in and be a runner run first, pass second, from what they saw in the very bitter end of spring practice when he got to throw in the ball, they see maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's a pass first, run second. We all know he's a good runner. So if he can actually have that mindset, especially with Colin Klein having a little bit more, a little bit, a lot more aggressive offense next season, I think there's at least a lot more potential there to be had. Um, you know, are they going to be averaging 500 yards a game? I don't know. Maybe that's a little too much for them. But I think it's going to be a much more dynamic offense than we've seen last season. And you know what? I think that opens up some interesting possibilities for him because the last few years with Courtney Messingham as the offensive coordinator, really the game plan basically was, you know, we're going to come in and basically try to score 28 points, eat up as much time as we can, play keep away, and hope it's enough to win. New offense is going to be we're just going to put up points regardless if, you know, if (laughs) – if we have to play slow, I guess maybe we'll have to, but we're just going to come out and try to win, and uh, that's got everybody excited. So, well, at, least, seems, at least right now, until we see some big flaw, I think they're looking all right. It seems like they have the ability to do that, and, and that's uh, uh, that would you know, that's a good option to have. So the only real question is how much we saw the offense in the bowl game. So the question is, how real is the offense? Did we see did we see an appetizer for the entree that's to come, or? 
was LSU just a skeleton crew that was really bad? And if you'd have put the Kansas Jayhawks out there, would they have put up 35 <laughs> on them? That's kind of the only question I've got. Right. You know, I, I think it's more the first scenario I was talking about. I think Kansas State's offense is genuinely going to be better. But that is one thing. But if you want to pump the brakes on something, they've only done it against LSU when LSU had like 30 scholarship players. Right, right, right. All right, well, this has been a fun conversation uh, conducted in the uh, in the corner of Children's Mercy Park uh, where Sporty Kansas City will play a U.S. Open Cup later today against Houston. I hope it doesn't pour on them all night as it, as it rained all day in Kansas City, which moved this event from its um, original uh, destination into Children's Mercy Park. Kansas State did a great job with it, and Kellis, always great catching up with you. We'll talk to you again soon. You too, Blair. Good to see you again. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Now we'll hear from the stars of the program, starting with Jerome Tang. The new Wildcats men's basketball coach was hired to replace Bruce Weber. And while he was on stage talking with K-State broadcaster Wyatt Thompson, Tang gave a shout out to Weber. That was nice to hear. So here's Tang speaking with reporters, and about a minute in, you'll hear him correct a reporter who asked him about his experience of the Catbackers tour now in its second week. Turns out Tuesday was Tang's first appearance on the tour. The reporter, me, should have done his homework. What do you know about your team so far since you've been uh, in Manhattan? What do you know about your team so far? The winners. Yeah, the guys that have uh, committed to come, uh, you know, they're, they're winners, and uh, I'm excited about that. What component of your team that you've established so far do you feel the best about? Uh, talent level is pretty good, um, but they all come from winning programs. That, that's, that's what I'm excited about. What are you still looking for most as you like to finish off your group here? Um, I some... Some guys with a little bit more experience, you know, some guys who got a little more more years under them, and uh, maybe a more, like, little older guys, more grown men, because to win in our league, you got to have grown men, so. Do you think you'll be able to get to all the way to 13 scholarship players this year? I, I don't really have to get to 13. I, that's not the goal. The goal is just get the right, right one, so, you know, if we don't get to 13, we'll be all right. So... You've been on this tour now for for a while. Just what are your impressions? Just what, just traveling around the state and meeting people. What, uh, this what? is my first day. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, yeah, Co- right Coach that. Malagy did the the other oh, one, oh, and oh, so oh, he oh, had stop he had a wonderful time. And oh, this is incredible. Look at the weather outside. I mean, you know, as you know, if it sprinkles at some places, fans don't show up. And look at these guys. That's why we have the best fans in the country. What's your stance on building a team versus building a program over time? I think you have to have a balance of both with the culture of the way things are today with the transfer portal. And uh, you have to 
manage your roster and be able to try to do both. How much, how difficult has it been to navigate the world with name, image, and likeness kind of being exploited? I've kind of stayed away from that. Not kind of. I have stayed away from the name, image, and likeness. I want guys who want to come and uh, care about basketball, right? Because if they come for name, image, and likeness, they're going to leave for name, image, and likeness. Right, and the way people operate with it right now. I want guys to care about basketball and not what they get because of basketball. Talk about the conference and how tough it is. KU just won the national championship. Does it give you any extra motivation or any selling points on trying to get guys here and talk about just what that means? Now, I've been in the best league in America all my whole career, so um, that's the selling point. Here's kind of an off-the-beat question for you. Baylor, you had a lot of different uniform combinations over the years. Do you want to incorporate that at Kansas State? Is there any kind of new fun stuff you want to bring to Grand Wisconsin? I, whatever the kids like. You know, the, the players. It's all about players. We had combinations at Baylor because the players liked it. And so, if, you know, I, I, I mean, I love the lavender because my wife loves it. And so... <laughs> What, what kind of reception are you getting on the recruiting trail? When, when, when you sell Kansas State, what are you hearing? And what, what, are the, what do the kids want to know about Kansas State? Well, the kids love our fans. Our fans are unbelievable. They are very, they, they do a great job of interacting with them on social media. And, I mean, I, I'm so, I've never had this kind of momentum behind it. And so I'm excited to see what can happen. What's the next step for both Marquise and Ish next season when they start playing uh, trust their work. How so? They, they're, they're working really hard. They're putting in a lot of time, and they just have to go out on the court and trust their work. Don't worry about the results. Trust their work. You seem really high on Marquise when you first came in. Are you more impressed with them now that you've got the coach? I was high on both of them, and I'm even more impressed with them now because they're, they're even better kids than I ever thought they would be. And they're actually great salesmen. They've done a great job of selling our program to the recruits. And so I, I'm thankful that they're here. I know you have a spot left, but how do you feel about the way the staff has come together? Love the staff. Love the staff is, uh, as, I mean, I, I thought at Baylor our last few years it was the best staff that I ever worked with. And, and I can say that about these guys right now. Their chemistry, their energy, the experience they have. The, the ability to do multiple things, but the best thing about them is that they're all people, people, and they they know how to connect, and I love that. Do you have any timetable on adding new guys, or is it still just what, whenever it happens, it happens? Uh, when it happens, have we we they arrive? We're gonna try to have everybody on campus by June 4th. We're gonna start workouts when classes start on June 6th. Then whoever's there, they're gonna work, and we're just gonna keep grinding at this thing till we get the right combination. Eric mentioned last year at Texas, you know, he was, they were still completing their team in July. Have you ever experienced anything like, like that before Baylor where you had the guys super Yeah, remember Jared Butler didn't come to campus until um, school started in August. Really? Yeah, remember he was at Alabama before that. And so, never know what can happen late. That was new Kansas State basketball coach Jerome Tang. Now let's hear from assistant head football coach Van Malone. We spent most of the interview discussing the recruiting calendar and the challenge of name, image, and likeness. If you were the president, how would you structure or approach NIL and what that's become at this point? Well, you know, the thing is that um, it was it was given, right? The, the rule was laid out, but it was not, there were not the parameters. There were not the, bar- uh, the guidelines 
for how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. Well, some programs, they took that and ran with it, you know. Other programs understood that the spirit of the rule is to allow young men and young women to to capitalize on their brand, to capitalize on the name, the image, the likeness that they built at a, at a particular institution. It's, it was not meant to to induce you to come to my place, to my university, to build that brand. It was it was for young men and women who have built the brand now to be able to monetize, to be able to capitalize on that, which is which is fair in any regard. But uh, if I were president, I, I would I would rein it back in. You know, in some respects, the genie is out of the bottle, right? Guess what? It's it's not that big a genie. We can put it back into the bottle, right, and and be able to contain it because um, if not, you know, it, it really creates it, it really creates different levels, right? And uh, like like we have the discussion going on in the national media, right? There's there's people who are trying to do it the right way, and there are people who are definitely not, and then there's some confusion over what is the right and wrong way. No. How does Kansas State handle it? So the way we've decided to handle it is by educating our players first, right? To educate them to understand that what has happened is is that if your name is is uh, Sammy, right, then you should be able to capitalize on the name and the image, your brand that you've created at Kansas State. If you're doing things the right way, there's a lot of people across uh, across the globe who would want to capitalize on what you built. And so what we want to do is educate our players so that they understand this is how you approach that. There's taxes involved. There's a lot of legal ramifications that you, as you carry the football, as you dribble the basketball, you don't even think about. So we want to make sure that we keep them safe in those ways, um, but to have them understand that it's limitless, the possibilities that you can discover, right, in this, in this, with this rule. But again, we want to do it the right way. It's not, we don't believe, that it's designed to pour, pour money down their throats, right? That's not what it's designed to do. It's designed to give them the opportunity to take advantage of what they build on the field and on the court, right? Take advantage of that in, in corporate America. That was assistant head coach Van Malone. Finally, we'll hear from a football player, Taylor Portier. He's an offensive lineman from the Kansas City area who missed last season recovering from an injury. Portier spoke about that and how much he's looking forward to this season and working in what he believes will be a more exciting brand of offense with quarterback Adrian Martinez. It's been a, it's been a long time. I, mean, I was out for like for like a whole nine months, and I just got cleared not too long ago. But it's starting to feel healthy. Everything's starting to feel a little bit normal. It's getting stronger every day. So I'm just ready. I'm excited to get back on the field next fall. So When were you finally cleared? I was uh, cleared the day after spring ball. After spring ball, I got cleared. The day after? The day after. <laughs> I know, yeah. I, I don't know what that was about, but yeah, I got cleared the day after. But it was all, it was all okay, but I got individual done, so I got all that work done. I just couldn't do much of team. I just had to work on fundamentals and stuff to make sure my feet work, or my footwork and my hands were on point. So, How much do you think you can help the offensive line next year? 
Oh, um, I think I can help, help him a lot, honestly. Um, I missed out last year. Um, I'm, I can bring a lot of tours for the running game, pass game. Um, I feel like all of us could really be dominant this year, but I feel like last year I missed out on a good opportunity, but I'm here for it this year. So. Did you feel like you were in line to play a lot last year before you went down? Oh, yeah. Uh, Coach Riley said I was going to play a lot um, before the season started, and I was amped for it. So, I mean, I'm amped for it right now because so, I know that spot's there for me. What's your natural position on the line? Where do you think you fit best? Um, I would say, I used, so in high school, I used to play a little bit of left, left tackle. So I'm a little bit more comfortable on the left side, but I can be versatile. I can be right, left, so it doesn't really matter. But right now, it's just right guard. How about the offense in general? You got a new quarterback this year. What's this offense going to be about? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, it's just full force, no tempo right there. Just uh, Adrian's, Adrian's a good quarterback. He knows a lot. He's very smart. He's like probably just one of the smartest quarterbacks I've ever uh, talked to. I'm not going to lie. He's just so confident. So I know every time he's in there, I will feel confident too as long as he's in there too. So. You saw him throw for the first bit, I think, at the end of spring ball. What was some of those observations? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was uh, a little shocked. I was like, I was like, this guy can sling the ball right there. And guys throwing like no look passes. Just passes that you will see like at the next level, like in the NFL. So it's good to see that at college level. So I'm, I'm excited. To, uh, I'm excited for him to be able to part of the team. How, how did you uh, get hurt last year? What happened? Um, so it was a uh, fall camp. It was like the first day of full pads. You know, everybody's excited to hit each other, and um, uh, I got cut on my knee. So uh, my knee went backwards, and it hyperextended it like real bad, and. Yeah, it's tore my ACL and a little bit of my, or tore my ACL and my uh, LCL. So yeah, it was a little, little tough. Yeah, a little painful. But I'm got, all good. I know you guys were talking about playing a lot faster this year. Is, is the contrast between the two offenses is it a lot different at this point? I would say it's a, a whole lot different. I would definitely say that because uh, I mean we were used to kind of just downhill running and uh, kind of just you know no uh, a huddle type of offense. Now nah, we're all over the field right now. I'm, a lot of special players going in, a lot of special players that are going to be in this year too. So, I mean, I'm excited. Is there anybody else during spring ball who really impressed you on offense? Um, let's see here. I would say RJ Garcia. RJ Garcia actually like really grew up a lot. Um, he shocked me on a few plays. I see him. I saw, saw him catch the ball, and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to be an animal. I told him, I was like, I'm excited for you to play, and he's he's ready. He's for it, uh, ready for opportunity too. Cooper Beebe was first team all Big 12 last year. You played the position. Just how special of a lineman is he? Oh, that guy. That guy's a pure freak. He He's like 330 pounds. He moves like a receiver, which is kind of weird. But uh, that guy's that guy a, a real good dude. He's very athletic, very strong. That guy's going to be unstoppable this year. So I'm excited for him, too. Where did you watch the games from last year? Were you down on the sideline or were you somewhere else? Uh, for uh, for the first game, I against Stanford, I had to watch the game at home because I just had surgery and I couldn't go into playing. And so I was I was the only one that had to stay back and watch the game at home. But most of the other times I would be on the sideline watching watching the whole game. But did you pay most attention to the offensive line, or were you taking it all in? Oh yeah, I was I was paying attention. I mean, I just saw the things that we uh, probably do better on and just try to critique critique things like the next game or something or if we um, mess up on a play I would try to get some corners or just try to get some like good tips I don't even know I'm so I was I was a young guy back then but I knew a little bit a little, little bit of stuff to help uh, offense lineman out
That will do it for today. Thanks to Randy Mason for producing today's show and to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Callis Robinette for sharing his insights on Kansas State. Today's morning sports edition was 30 pages full of local and national sports coverage. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.